Love has a name, ladies and gents. Welcome to the Football Ramble Preview Show, sponsored by Betway. Leicester face Manchester United and Big Sam's up against Klopp. It's Thursday, 24th of December. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Andy Brassel. And I'm Dedushin Hunter-Raja. It's the most wonderful time of, of the year. year. Yes, I knew I could get Andy to join in some Christmas song sooner or later. It took until Christmas Eve, but my goodness, he joined in. Andy, how the devil are you? Well, as excited as one normally is on Christmas Eve. Yes. Hence, the swell of sound. The swell of sound. <laughs> Vish, you're swelling over there. How are you getting on? Yeah, I, I blame the pandemic primarily for that. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, and just, you know, all the gyms are shut, hence the swelling. Oh, so. <laughs> I didn't mean that, but uh, you but... self-deprecating beauty. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm very excited. Yeah, I was actually a bit wary of joining you in song there because I know you like singing mm-hmm. um, I'm not very good at it no but you're one of those people who enjoys when other people sing with you you know yeah. you some people who just want to sing on their own no I'm not one of them no. that's desire. I need people to sing with well, me because it well, drowns me out well it's true yeah and then yeah. Andy came in there and I thought yeah I'll leave you two to it he saved the day I, I, when I sound like singing I like chanting <laughs> <laughs> easy, easy. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing that's what I like to do um, we should say ladies and gentlemen we're actually pre-recording this show so we haven't seen what's happened in the, in the Carabao Cup between uh, Stoke Spurs and uh, Manchester United and Everton. So if some crazy things happen, um, then I'm sure we all enjoyed it and uh, what a wonderful time that was. But we are going to preview some games for you right now. Leicester City versus Manchester United. That hasn't happened yet, Andy, so our words will always be relevant uh, until the game actually uh, plays. It's, of course, the Harry Maguire derby. Yes, it is. It's the Harry Maguire derby, Andy. And does that really capture your imagination for the festive period? Pretty much. I think the thing that captures my imagination more um, especially in terms of where Leicester are measuring where they are this season Mm -hmm. is this is the game where it all fell apart at the end of last season where Leicester could have got it over the line they could have got into the Champions League in this very fixture Mm -hmm. fleetingly looked like they might have done and um, in the end were closed out pretty comfortably by Mm -hmm. Manchester United and I think this is the moment where we find out what Leicester's season is really made of you know yeah I I think so I think so I mean if if they can beat Manchester United it will be such an enormous confidence boost for them particularly with United's great away record particularly with putting that memory from last season to bed and you know Leicester are and should be looking at the top four I still feel it's a little bit of a stretch for them. I think, as I've, I think I've said on here before, that the, the fact that they have a very plausible route to go deep into the Europa League is something that might hold them back mm-hmm. in terms of the, the Premier League. But if they could give Manchester United some trouble in this and get themselves a result, I mean, it, it would be a, a timely boost. Well, can you say that, Andy, when you say that if they can beat Manchester United, be sort of, well, they just beat Tottenham Hotspur? Yeah. But I think this is... They've had some results. I mean, I understand they've had a few sort of yeah, sloppy results they, 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 as well. They've had some really bad results. I mean, they've, they've lost at home to Fulham. It was them who kick-started West Ham's season. Yeah. I mean, clearly consistency is the issue rather than being good enough to beat a big team in a one-to-one game, as you point out with, mm-hmm. the, with, with the Tottenham game. But I just feel, particularly with Manchester United's form on the road and putting away that lingering feeling of last season. Because, of course, it, it, it wasn't as if the Manchester United game lost them everything. You know, it was their poor form of the the month or two before that. But nevertheless, I think it would be 
something that will be a, a, a notable boost. A notable boost, uh, indeed. Well, I mean, Harry Maguire's given his uh, area, the way he grew up in, in Sheffield, a notable boost, Vish, by handing out food packages to pensioners. It's just the Marcus Rashford effect. Just being near the man makes you a better person. I think that, well, that is, is as lovely. Well. Yeah. But also the David Moyes effect, because he was driving around and, and handing out food and doing good I things. He, I think he was doing the other. I think he was taking it. Was he really? <laughs> <laughs> he definitely wasn't taking it. We should clarify. <laughs> oh, you're like Santa. I'm like Krampus. Um, for those who know that, very strange tradition on the continent. But yeah, he do, that's what he's been doing. He's also sponsoring the team he played for when he was a boy. Do we have a name for this game, by the way? Because you know, you, every derby has to have a an echo, doesn't it? So this is this would be Slabhedico, wouldn't it? <laughs> I see what you mean. Yeah, I think we need to work on that. No, I think I think I've I think I've nailed it. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's your Christmas as well, I suppose. Yeah, you've Yay. nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> Harry Maguire. That is not the most impressive thing one might think of uh, when you think of Harry Maguire, the fact that he's played for Leicester and Manchester United. He has played more football than any other professional player in the world in the year 2020. Any other professional player, including goalkeepers, anywhere in the world. That is absurd. What are the minutes? He's he's not missed um a, well he's not missed a minute of Premier League football since signing for Manchester United from Leicester in the summer of 2019 which is impressive but this year he's played 4745 minutes of football the next player down is Brazilian goalkeeper Marcelo Lomba who's played 5 minutes fewer than Big Harry. The key word there being goalkeeper. Yes, because mm. the next outfield player is Ruben Diaz of Manchester City, who's played 4,344 4, minutes, roughly 300 minutes fewer than Maguire. That's sensational. And I think you bear in mind that the fact that... And he's Harry, been brilliant Harry, for Harry every Maguire, minute, Andy. Absolutely. Well, that's the thing. Uh, a thousand think... of those minutes are spent turning around. Remarkable. <laughs> <laughs> I think you also have to bear in mind that yeah. both Maguire and now Ruben Diaz play their football in in Manchester. So it's the equivalent of the Krypton factor really, because you're playing football in a rain soaked shirt for a lot of that. Right. A little dig at the weather in Manchester there. And the Krypton factor. Yeah. But then to be fair, it's not really a dig at the weather. They are just facts. Yeah, that is just a fact. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't need to sort of launch those facts in people's faces though, do you Andy? (laughs) Now Um, I'm, now I'm imagining Harry Maguire in the Krypton factor. With, and I, it's without any like, just shouting home truths at him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you catch a cold. Yeah. <laughs> Messi, Bruno Fernandes, and Victor Lindelof were in the top ten outfield players list. Victor Lindelof and Harry Maguire. I mean, stalwarts of that Manchester United side. Yeah, definitely. And no one's ever complained that they've played together. No, absolutely not. But I mean, that is remarkable. Obviously, he's not had a brilliant time at Manchester United, you might say. But then that's probably the the, the wider picture being the side and the whole club. But he's, I mean, do you think he's been harshly criticised? times or have you been a bit disappointed since you've gone there i don't know it, it's that the expectation that always comes with transfer fees and especially given how how lauded he was after the 2018 world cup there was that sense uh, in fact kate mason put it quite interestingly where he, he became a bit of a cult figure didn't he mm-hmm. and then when you know when he gets the move to manchester united suddenly you lose a bit of that yeah that every man quality because yes. you're playing for a big club and mm-hmm. therefore you end up, you know, getting more detractors. And so when you chuck in the transfer fee there mm-hmm. and the fact that he was playing in a def- dysfunctional side, mm-hmm. yeah, you you know, he, he's become a bit of um, a lot for criticism and his form has been patchy, but then there are some moments that 
he does exactly what is asked for him, whether that's, you know, being rock solid on, on set pieces, but also he does carry the ball out, mm -hmm. you know, and he was caught out a few times in part because United didn't have options further forward. Mm -hmm. So he'd look a bit of a fool because also he's quite big and yep. it's quite easy to come across as cumbersome when he's not really cumbersome. Yeah, I wonder if he's been having his Mats Hummels moment where you think of like the first time that Mats Hummels left Dortmund. In the last year, he attracted a lot of criticism for being caught upfield and being too slow to get back but right. you know that's not just a him issue that's a, mm -hmm. a partnership issue and that yeah. has been a, a problem for Manchester United finding a complementary partner it's something that City have, have struggled with it well in, as, as well until relatively recently isn't no it? I, I think you're absolutely right um, of course a, a, a former he's a former Leicester City uh, defender well another former Leicester City defender has been interviewed recently a fine defender in his day it's Big Jerry Taggart oh Big Jerry Big Jerry Taggart I have worked I've had the absolute pleasure of working with, with Jerry Taggart I know you have too, Andy. Have, yes. you, have you ever? No, no, no. But I've um, I've heard some of the stories. He is, is, is an extremely likable man. He was recounting a, um, a trip to La Manga ahead of the uh, 2000 League Cup final. Obviously, not always a happy hunting ground for for Leicester City. Um, they visited the hotel bar on the first night. And he said it was all good fun until I spotted Stan Collymore wrestling with his fire extinguisher. What the is he doing? The next thing, he's covered half the bar. Again, not the worst thing Collymore's ever done, but I'm sure it was uh, um, an, an, an amusing. Uh, time um, he he also spoke about him and Martin O'Neill's relationship and I I love this because he actually told me this this story before he told a few of us when we were working him he said um, <laughs> he said it was it was my job to head it and kick it um, and if I did get time then put it in the channel for Emil Heskey to chase and he said that when he first moved to Leicester he'd been playing I forget under which manager but again relatively speaking for the 1990s he was um, allowed to kind of allowed being the operative word to pass the ball out from the back again relatively speaking for uh, a British defender in the 1990s and when he went to Leicester I think he, he, it was it was um, I think they were playing Arsenal and he got the ball um, down and I think he played a pass short to Robbie Savage, who, of course, was playing in the centre of the pitch for Leicester. And I think Robbie Savage sort of lost it and something happened. And then at half-time, and I think it was like his, a very early game in his, his Leicester City career. And at half-time, they got into the dressing room and he said Martin O'Neill was absolutely fuming with him. And he was just, <laughs> Martin O'Neill just started shouting like in front of everybody, what are you doing? You've got a meal up front. He's one of the quickest forwards in the league. You get it and hit it. You get it. <laughs> he's drawing like an X at the bottom of the tactics board to another one at the top. And he's just drawing this constant line up and up and up. And he said, as he said in this, in this thing, he was like, if you're going to play it short, you give it a mozzie. You don't give it a Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Savage did that really well. Yeah, well, it, he said, whatever you do, don't give it to effing Savage. He can't play football <laughs> in front of the whole team. <laughs> I like the idea that that's, that's genuine discourse in the Premier League. Yeah. He can't play football. <laughs> don't pass it. Don't pass this midfielder the ball. He can't play football. This <laughs> is stunning. Oh, I absolutely love it. The 90s, that. eh? The yeah. 90s. Well, although you do, you do think with Martin O'Neill, did he. We, we always talk about Hoddle and, you know, I, I guess like the, un, the unreasonable Hullet. The players who are so good, mm. they set unreasonable heights for their players to to emulate. Right. I mean, Martin O'Neill was a European Cup winner. Yeah, he was. Yeah, but he was very much the old school type of manager. If you give him one or two simple tasks, 
you yeah. get it and hit it. Yes, that is the case. Something yes. like that. Of course, brother Brendan Rogers wouldn't be doing such stuff like that. He plays much more slicker and more entertaining football. And I would say that this game is actually quite a hard one to call. I mean, who would you have down as favourites, Fish? I mean, Manchester United, their away form has been pretty good. Yeah, it has. Um, but that's kind of set against quite dreadful home form. Mm-hmm. Which makes it look a bit um, a bit sleeker. They these are two teams that enjoy sitting off. Um, so there'll be it'll be like the first half of the Tottenham game. Uh, so the ball might just still be on the spot for about twenty minutes. Because <laughs> <laughs> Leicester have done this to a few teams. They did it to Arsenal. They did it to Spurs. Um, and Manchester United obviously enjoy counterattacking. And they'd be foolish. You know, Leicester would be foolish to not look at that Leeds game and think right. There were obviously spaces to exploit there for Manchester United, but they did it in such a fashion that we couldn't possibly live with that, even if mm. they do have some some good players of their own. So, you know, having Ndidi back is obviously quite a big deal in mm. that regard. And, you know, I imagine that United will have certain plans for, for Madison and will be very, very wary of Jamie Vardy. But United actually have a pretty decent record against Leicester City. Mm. It's a little bit like the Liverpool Palace thing, where mm. because of, you know, Chris Ball, they're like, oh, you know, Liverpool have a issue at Selhurst Park when they I think they've won now the six in a row there and United haven't they think they've I think they've only lost one since that um, 2014 5-3 or maybe they haven't lost any actually but obviously that doesn't really count for much now but yeah, I, I, I'd say I'm quietly confident about Manchester United, mm-hmm. but I mean, you never know with Leicester. I think they've been a little bit erratic, actually. Oh, they have been. Yeah, haven't, I don't think they've drawn in the league, have they? Or they've, they've won a lot, but they've lost quite a few. Yeah, I mean, like with with all due respect, you know, they lost to Fulham. They, um, mm-hmm. you know, while also beating Spurs, so yeah, it's kind of hard to read. Nice always to see Vardy up against Maguire, though. The two old friends. Yeah, I don't know how friendly it will be. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's uh, that's very, kind of what I'm fearful of. It's very, very hard for to imagine Jamie Vardy being friendly in any football context. That, isn't is, it? that is true. He's a kind of he's friendly in like a bully sense, isn't he? Oh, like yeah. he'd he'd like tweak your nipple, wouldn't he? Say hello. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he'd let you know that yeah we're mates, but not at the moment. Yeah, he, he'd, you know if if you had four bottles of beer in your hand, he'd conk every single one of them on the top, wouldn't he? So that they overflow. Well, apparently that's very easy to do with the filling from the bottom system that they have at Spurs and they've had for a number of years at Chelsea in that all you do is simply sort of like press the little button at the bottom and the beer empties on the person's shoes. You know what? It's a good thing crowds aren't back because just the fact that you've said that now, so many people will try it. (laughs) Uh, Gentlemen, Arsenal hosting Chelsea. Uh, on the uh, on the, the weekend's action, of course, um, Arsenal very poor form. This we know. And what about Chelsea though at the moment, Andy? I mean, they've they've sort of dropped off slightly. They they were going very very well, and then uh, they had uh, you know a couple of uh, a couple of losses on on the bounce against Everton and then Wolves, but they picked it up again against West Ham, which was a better result than it was performance. Yes, it was. I, I thought, but it's one of those things that I, I think with Chelsea this season, and why I think that they could. Um, be a threat for the for the Premier League um, towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Why I think they could be a threat even for the Champions League if they could get themselves past Atletico, because a, a lot of Chelsea. I mean, we we talk a lot about Manchester United, don't we? And the results certainly in the early Solskjaer times being a lot better than the actual content of the game. I do feel that with Chelsea as well. I feel if they can defend sensibly, they'll always give themselves a chance because even though they're working out issues in the front half of the field, so Werner's obviously having a a, a bit of a tough time of it in front of goal, but 
I, I wouldn't be particularly worried about that because he does contribute even mm-hmm. even when he's not scoring. Kai Havertz has still got a click. They've still got to find the right position for him. They can see some more from Ziyech. I, I think that because they have all those options up front, if they can defend smartly, that they will win most times, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and there doesn't need to be necessarily that complete gelling or or even playing well in between. So I I definitely ascribe to that um, way of thinking because when you look at the you know these two teams in particular, Lampard seems to have worked from the from the front to the back in terms of how long it's taken him to shore up the defence. And, yeah. and that's partly because they've had the attacking players to, you know, what, what, really, do you, what really do you need to say to them for mm. them to go out there and express themselves? Whereas Arteta has come in, in part because, it's, you know, there was a great deal of, um, you know, a number of issues at, at Arsenal. He came in and thought, right, solidity is what we need the most, so we'll, we'll work from the back forward. And obviously there's, issue, you know, the two different sets of players. But I was, you know, setting out when they, you know, the start of the season. I was like, I wonder who's going to get the, the, you know, the most out of their methods in that way. And I always imagine that it's it's kind of easier to let the front do what they want and sort the back. So therefore, I was kind of more impressed in mm-hmm. what Arteta had done because it requires a bit more training and, and mm-hmm. I suppose, a bit more thought. Obviously, that, that's not come to pass at all because Arsenal are so, I suppose, barren up front and. Yeah. Chelsea have been able to sort themselves out. What, so, what, what percentage do you think is, you know, if Arsenal got a chance to lose this or win this? What, 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 would, you, what would you say? 90% chance loss or something? Even that, that that's yeah. like, that, that's, that's so... So basically, th- those numbers, we should explain, are from the fact that Arteta has misunderstood XG in terms of... A match XG would be, say, the quality of chances created, you know, added together. Whereas... Arteta has looked at that number and not taking them as, you know, the chances as individual independent events mm-hmm. and kind of squashed them all together to get, you know, this, the the probability that they would have won those games, which is absolutely not how it should be used. Mm-hmm. And for someone who we talk about or was talked about as this, you know, forward thinking manager, it's quite a big mistake to make. Do you not think, Andy? Y- yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's not the first coach to mangle statistics and I, I don't think he'll be the last but I think we should hold it against him that much no, no, you no. think you think we should hold him against him that much no I, I don't think no, we should I hold, think him, we should hold it much. against him about 8% <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you I mean Arteta said that uh, you know he's aware of the situation with crying out of course he is he said uh, I'm focused on the fighters we have I see a lot of fighters I I don't think I do, man. He's got better spectacles than me. Yeah, I was going to say, um, but maybe he's I, talking about on the training ground because there's been a lot of fights in the well, training. Well, maybe, <laughs> but it's interesting. Some reports have suggested that even though the players they, they seem to like Arteta, there is a little bit of um, a divide in the in the dressing room. Of course, with the way Özil was treated and Socrates as well, both have been kind of pushed to the edge, and some of the players are a little bit unhappy about that. And I, I just think already it looks like a terrible job for a first time coach and that's what he mm. is you forget the Arsenal connection yep, for, a, for a minute there's so much sorting out to do you'd want you'd want someone a lot more experienced solid with experience of confronting players really mm. to to deal with that so I don't know if you can say it's entirely his fault that the situation has evolved as it has I think on the pitch as well they have an issue 
tactically in that, you know, you talk Vish about them playing without the ball and how they became a lot more solid in, in that way. And of, of course you had the, the cup win, um, the community shield win, but going on from that, especially when there's such a small turnaround between seasons, I've seen other teams have this problem. If you're set up to be very successful without the ball, how do you go from that to dominating weaker teams? And I think player for player, we can say there are a lot of weaker teams than Arsenal in the Premier League. How do you flip the switch like that? That's going to take an enormous amount of time, I think. Mm. I think him and Solskjaer should do a job swap. (laughs) I just think it would be interesting. It's not a bad shout, to be fair. It'd be quite quite an interesting control experiment, wouldn't it? Exactly. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, um, before we go to a break, uh, we must mention to you that there's a brand new episode of On the Continent out today. Andy, what treats do you have in store over on Football Ramble Presents? Oh, so many treats, Marcus, on Football Ramble Presents because uh, Dotton and I were joined by all of our co-hosts this season uh, to talk about a particular story that really encapsulated 2020 for them. So um, with Nikki Bandini, she talked about um, Gennaro Gattuso's year and of course the sad passing of Diego Maradona. So we talked Napoli. Um, we had some uh, Champions League bants with Miguel Delaney. Uh, David Cartledge, of course, talked about um, Barcelona's Anas Horribles. And uh, Lars just uh, talked about Zlatan. Because no. why wouldn't you? Absolutely. <laughs> His year, really. We're just living in it. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely old job, right? Let's have a quick break. I'm talking about the sort of luxuriant quality. Oh, welcome back to the Football Ramble preview show sponsored by Betway, everybody. The luxuriant quality of Andy Brassel. You have luxuriant quality, Marcus Speller. Correctamundo, brother. Andy Brassel, <laughs> over to you. <laughs> Sorry, Vish and I were swearing at each other then because we were cool. I'll tell you what, it's better than your jazz hands. How dare oh. you? Anyway, for a bit of light relief, let's go to uh, Edvard Aspelund. Thanks for writing in, Edvard. It says, uh, legendary Norwegian national team coach Egil Drillo Olsen, and not-so-legendary Wimbledon coach, you can say that again. Is he the one with the welly boots? Yes. Yeah, good. Is known here as a dog person and has two dogs who are now getting pretty old. One is called Cruyff, obviously, after Johan. And the other is called Knixen after the Norwegian star from the 60s and 70s, Roald Knixen Jensen, who had six years at Hearts. President Knixen. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, as Drillo's dogs are old, he's just gotten a new one and it's called Keegan. There we go. (laughs) One could think this is some kind of homage, but no. Now for the best part. Drillo told the local paper that her name had to be football related and with a K, but Keegan is more of a coincidence and not because of any admiration as Keeg- of Keegan as a player. Just thought you should know about Drillo's dog, Keegan. Why oh. does he need to point that out? Why can't he just say, oh yeah, it's after Kevin? Why does he have to say, I, I don't admire him at all as a player? Or as a man. Yeah. I think he's maybe in the Jim Campbell zone. It's just the, the footballer name that's popped into his head. Quite possible. It's like if I got a cat, I might call it Jean de Macoun, for oh, example. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there we are. Um, Keegan's dog, what kind of uh, 
makes a dog's dinner out of everything. He, he eats, yeah. eats his own shit. Yeah. <laughs> what, 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 do, what do dogs do? The dogs aren't embarrassed, are yeah, they? Yeah, do you know, I can't think of anything. That Beaten the... up by a cat? <laughs> Gets bullied by the neighbourhood cat. It had a bone in its mouth and looked at his reflection in the river <laughs> and then thought, I'll have that bone, I'll have David Brent and then lost <laughs> yeah. his phone, something like that. Attacks yeah. bigger dogs with no concern for his personal safety? Perhaps, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Got beaten up in a lay-by once. Fish, you've got an email. <laughs> Definitely, a Keegan dog would turn up to a dogging site and not realise what he was getting into. <laughs> Here's an email from Craig McLeod. <laughs> I'm a long-suffering West Brom fan who has somehow found their way to Portland. Ooh, I just, Portland, came, I just came here for a walk. Yeah. <laughs> Where are the other dogs? <laughs> oh. Anyway, sorry, back to Craig McLeod. Oh, a West Brom fan who somehow found his way to Portland. I don't know if that's Portland, Maine or Portland, Oregon, by the way. Um, I took a new job a few months back as a project manager for a tech company. Oregon. It's got to be Oregon. <laughs> yeah, it must be, I, yeah. Nobody knows about Portland in Maine. I've been there, mate. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. Very good lobster. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone knows that about Maine. I don't know why I said it as if I. Got I don't know that about time. Maine. You do know, mate, because I told you. Damn right, you did. Down on Main Street. <laughs> the team I manage conducts a team chant at the end of each morning huddle. Is definitely America. Yeah. As a PM and a project manager and the new <laughs> the team insisted I come up with a new chant for the upcoming quarter. Oh. Is right. this making anyone else think of Matthew McConaughey in um, mm-hmm. Wall Street? Ah, oh, no. <laughs> talking uh, I racked my brain for days of what chant I could use to inspire my peers only <laughs> during blanks or half-hearted attempts but then while listening to Luke's game it came to me fire in your belly head in the freezer accompanied oh, no. <laughs> by enthusiastic hand gestures you could do anything in America and people get on board with it it's a, it's a great credit to that nation yeah well yeah. It, it can go badly wrong as we've you know. I, I, I once uh, my, my partner's from the US so we go back every now and again I, I once started a USA yeah. chant in a bar oh, off the back of nothing I was I was saying it as a joke to my wife and other people started joining in oh, <laughs> if you could start that chant in a morgue in America do you know what I mean like yeah. it just it, it's the, the enthusiasm those people have the, the greatest chant is that you know, if you remember a few years ago, I believe that we will oh, win. It's dreadful, isn't it? It's great. There are some really sorry. Sorry oh, to, interrupt, like, oh, we've sorry to interrupt this email, but um, actually, I'll just finish it. Yeah, why not? Safe to say, my American colleagues were a little confused and bewildered at this new chant and its relevance to software engineering. <laughs> But now, nearing the end of the quarter, our team enthusiastically ends every daily huddle with a call, with my call of "fire in your bellies" and a response of "heads in the freezer." Yes, that's great. I've yet to explain its origin. That is that is very good. As someone who doesn't get in bored whenever Luke does it, mm-hmm. I I really like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I lo- I love the enthusiasm of uh, of our dear American brothers and sisters. Uh, it's great. It's it's infectious when you go there. I think when you when as an Englishman when you when you first go when you when you go there you can be a bit oh, everybody will calm down you know and then you go oh no no I'm the misery I'm the <laughs> yeah no one exactly here. they're yeah. getting this right yeah. I think you know. is, is this the bit where we sort of announce that Luke has left the rambling and he's gone to be a, a, a corporate guru <laughs> in, in Oregon I can see him sort of turning up at an Apple event what with a, a sort of Madonna headset yes. do you know what though you mentioned Wolf of Wall fire Street. in the belly head in the freezer <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street the guy. Um, Jordan, whatever his name Belfort. is. Yeah, Bellend, uh, who's the main guy in it. He, The one thing I did like, actually, that he did was having that microphone that he would sort of pull down and address the office to. I quite fancy a bit. I could see Luke doing that in a big office. Imagine yes. that out in America. He's like, what's uh, is, is Luke's working over there? And there he is at the front going, right, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oggy, oggy, oggy. Uh, <laughs> there was um, a, 
I think I can't remember where I heard this story from, but it was a Leeds. Play up Pompey? What does that mean? <laughs> there was a, a, a it's from a Leeds United fan who um, did some time abroad in Kenya, I think, oh, yeah. and he was teaching at a school. And before he left, it, the, the whole school came there to wish him goodbye, and he got them all ch- chanting, "We all hate Leeds scum." <laughs> <laughs> and I think there's a video of it on YouTube as well. Very Isn't nice, funny? very nice indeed. Gentlemen, back to the Premier League. Liverpool versus West Brom on Sunday. Big Sam is hoping to wind up Jurgen Klopp. How do we think he's going to do that? Because it'll be very difficult on the pitch. Sit in his seat, um, uh-huh. kick him in the shins, make, give him a really firm handshake. Make fun of his teeth. Firm. Definitely make fun of his teeth, uh-huh. yeah. Say, you know, repeat, oh, you've only got three subs, Jürgen. Make them count. <laughs> you know, well, like I, that. I said when we were talking about this originally, when... Um, Allardyce arrived back at, um, yes, I am doing the Wenger, Wenger, Wenger thing of calling him Allardyce and not Big Sam. <laughs> this, I think he was rather overselling himself in saying that he would be able to get under the skin of Jurgen Klopp and Mourinho. I don't think so. I mean, whenever I think of Sam Allardyce being the away coach at Anfield, I think of Rafa Benitez doing his it's all over gesture. Yep. And that really upset him, didn't it? Oh, that really annoyed him. But that wasn't actually what he thought it was. What yeah. did he think it was? Well, so but well, what? No, it, he thought it was what you said. Yeah, yeah. But but basically, Benitez was saying he they had a plan for a free kick, wasn't it? Mm. And, oh, and they, come <laughs> on! <laughs> no, and then and then he was. I think he was. Benitez was shouting them to do something, and they didn't do it and scored. And he was mm. like, "All right, fine, don't listen to me." Yeah, that's what it. Well, that's what Benitez says, and that would be more fitting in Benitez's character. Benitez is not the type of guy I don't think to go and go right. Game over. See you later. <laughs> Where I don't is? know. I don't know. He, he, he's, think? he's foreign. Oh, yes. <laughs> they, they, don't, they don't know about our ways, do they? And Sam Allardyce is certainly not foreign, is he? Um, and uh, neither is Neil Warnock, who's, um, who's sort of, he's, 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 he's rounded the wagons, hasn't he? And, uh, <laughs> and he's kind of leapt to the defence of, of Sam Allardyce. He's been chatting about him and he said, I just think people like Sam and myself get tainted with this particular brush and you can't get rid of it. Um, it, it can you... It, can you get rid of a sort of being tainted by a brush? You sort of wash it off. And, uh... Yeah, there's a question. There's a question, Andy. It did annoy me at the start, but when you realise it's not going to go away, you just get on with it. Sam is reliable. You know what you're going to get, and that's what they've gone for him for. Likewise, myself. I shouldn't really be getting jobs at 72, but I'm there for a reason. You just try and help as best as you can. <laughs> Excellent. Up and atom, lads. You know, I love it. I absolutely love this sort of Neil Warnock in his 70s still still trying to turn football into open all hours yeah (laughs) wonderful exactly that's about the size of it the the one thing I will contest about this this idea that Allardyce is a victim of Mm -hmm. being typecast is that I think he plays up to it and I think he enjoys being that guy he does absolutely and it's the reason he's got this job yeah Really, and so like he can pretend, and he mm-hmm. you know he can he can put out there that oh you know people have this opinion of me that I play a certain type of way, and if my name was any different, I'd get better jobs. Was like, no, that was a while ago, I think. He said no, that. Yeah, but but it's but you know it's mm-hmm. out there, and it's something that he has said, and it's no mm-hmm. doubt something he still believes. Um, I I think you know good on him for coming back. Um, he's good at what you know good at keeping teams up. Mm-hmm. But like, don't pretend you're kind of. You're, I think you're, for, you're someone like Alla, bullied, for someone like Allardyce, though, there was there was an obvious sort of ceiling to his talents. But again, let, let me stress: being your your ceiling being, say, a mid-table Premier League side. Yeah, exactly. That's a hell of a ceiling. I think again, sometimes you can get a bit star-eyed and think, oh, it's all about Champions League, it's all about top four. You know, he, he, look at the, the years he gave for Bolton Wanderers. You know, where are they now? Now I know they've had a lot of difficulties. It's not just been managerial appointments that has has has, has sort of messed them up a bit, but. 
Allardyce is, is a very, very competent manager in the Premier League. And, uh, and that is to be applauded, absolutely. And I think you're it right. It is, it is. And ultimately, if West Brom did end up picking anything at Anfield, <laughs> they really would be finding love in a hopeless place. For <laughs> 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 no, I love that. That was the tune he was dancing to abroad. In my head, his tie was around his, his, his head, but obviously that probably... He, he was just wearing a suit, actually, wasn't yeah, he? I think, he I was. think he'd taken the tie off because it was that stage in the evening. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. and he's of that age where he'd just put it in his inside blazer pocket, wouldn't he? He wouldn't wear a tie around You're not reckon he'd stuff it up top, pretend it was a pocket square? <laughs> Ooh, they're a bit too chunky though, isn't it? If you were to stuff a tie as a pocket square. Quite possibly, quite possibly. But I just just saying with Allardyce, I think he thought that he should have been given top jobs or was actually when he was given, say, the Newcastle job, which at the time was, was a bigger job than, than what it is now in terms of where they were. I mean, he was, he was actually quite... unlucky with that, wasn't he? Because of the timing with which he received it. Yeah, but then also though, when he, when he gets the Everton job, he thinks, right, I'd like to stay around here. But then a club like Everton, rightly or wrongly, whatever one may think, they believed actually you've saved us you've sorted us out actually now we want to get a manager who's then going to kick on and play sort of a, a brand of football we think is more sort of I don't know modern or more exciting or whatever and I think he feels a bit like well what's what's wrong with you know it, it, it's that sort of slight sort of yesteryear kind of approach but his his methods still you know they 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 get results at a certain level in in the Premier League I'll tell you what if he pops up Vish in Marcus's game later I'm well in because I'd forgotten he coached half of those guys <laughs> <laughs> well no more clues for, for what's uh, coming uh, you know, in a few moments on the football ramble uh, gentlemen before we go to four to score Wolves are playing Spurs on Sunday night as we stress we uh, are recording this uh, before Spurs played Stoke City so we don't want to know what happened there uh, will Gareth Bale though get some game time Vish in the Premier League against Wolverhampton Wanderers uh, maybe as a sub. I know. Obviously, there's. Have you been a bit disappointed with what, what what's happened with Bale? Were you expecting? I think people were expecting Bale, even just a bit of what he showed before at Real Madrid, before it went sour, and then of course at Tottenham Hotspur, and it's, it's not quite got going. Isn't it a compliment to what Spurs have done? The fact that he hasn't had, and what you need so much, I think, when you're coming back to the Premier League, is six, seven, eight games to find some rhythm. A, Spurs have bigger expectations now than when he was first there, so there's not really the window to give that to him. Mm-hmm. Secondly, you look at the players he's got ahead of him, mm-hmm. so there's not the room to give that to him. So I think it's maybe circumstance. I'm not convinced that it's particularly his fault. What do you think? Mm-hmm. No, 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 not at all. Like He's looked pretty rusty, as you'd, as you'd expect. Mm-hmm. But a bit of a knee injury as well, I think. Yeah, yeah, well, he arrived you know, with mm-hmm. a bit of an injury, didn't he? So, um, no, I've not really been too surprised. Uh, I, I think, yeah, maybe you the whole point of him, well, not the whole point, sorry, but rather, you know, a lot of him coming back, back was a bit like, you know, this prodigal son returning mm. and, you know, an element of that excitement of, of having such a talented player in his day. Not in his day. Again, I'm I'm not aging the bloke. But <laughs> but yeah, kind of as, as as Andy says, like it's it's not kind of a, a right fit for him to be starting games right now. Um it was interesting when they threw him on against uh, against Leicester. Mm-hmm. They ended up, you know, Mourinho got into a bit of a tiff there, didn't he? Because he was front loading a team and then had no one to really service in mm-hmm. the ball. And every now and again Bale would try and be that person. So I think he's always going to be more value in you chasing games if he's not going to start rather than holding on to a lead. So I'm probably not, I'm, you know, given that the way Spurs have played this season, it's probably not too surprising that we haven't seen much of him. Yeah. Anyway, I, I want to see Carlos Vinicius play. I'm I'm not as bothered about Bale. Get Vinicius <laughs> in there. 
get Vinicius in there. Do you know, Andy, it was it was roughly 14 years ago, uh, nearly to the day, that a 17-year-old Gareth Bale was playing for Southampton and he got boshed out the way by a 37-year-old goalkeeper, Mark Crossley, who went up for a last-minute corner and scored a header for Sheffield Wednesday. Wonderful. He's, he's one of the less heralded but really interesting goalkeepers of the game, Mark Crossley. Think the first Great penalty save. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. He'd make a couple of ricks, though, every now and again, wouldn't he? And I think people tend to remember those more than... The good uh, stuff, he was the, wasn't he the first goalkeeper to save a pen from Matt Letizia? Yeah, he was. Letizia's yeah. penalty record was superb. He may isn't, well have been isn't the, that the only one he ever missed? Maybe. Uh, and also, he saved. Would he have been the goalkeeper in the FA Cup final in '91? He saved. Yeah, he did. Gary Lineker's penalty. And Lineker yeah. was a, again another excellent penalty. Of course, not the first goalkeeper to save penalty in an FA Cup final. Davy Besant for Wimbledon against Liverpool. I am rubbing my hands together. You are. <laughs> um, all right, gentlemen. Let's move into four to score. It is time for Betway's four to score. Entry to Betway's four to score is free each week. Pick the first goal scorer in Betway's four selected matches for your chance to win the weekly £50,000 jackpot. Make sure your selections are submitted before the first game. Further T's and C's apply. In game one, Leeds versus Burnley on Sunday. Andy, you've picked... I can't keep picking Patrick Bamford, so I've gone for Rafinha. Rafinha, love that. Game two, West Ham versus Brighton on Sunday. Vish, who have you picked? So I've written Jared Bowen. I think I'm going to go no goal scorer. Oh, Vish, come on. I, because I, I have a feeling... If Has it, anyone ever done this on four to score? He does it all the time. He, I have done it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> he does it all the time, doesn't he, Andy? <laughs> Tell him he does it all the time. He did it in his voice note as well when you weren't on the show the other week. You were like, uh, and you did a bit of a Craig Brown. You started listing all the players and then eventually... <laughs> no, I saw the video that Betway put up. Yeah, okay. You're mugging me off. <laughs> Imagine that sponsor's content. <laughs> Mugged off. Uh, what should we use? Use a bit where you mug him off. Can't, can't. I'll get the punters in. All right, fish, all right. So, um, so game two, ladies and gentlemen, it's West Ham versus Brighton on Sunday. Vish, don't have to show your workings. What are you going for? No goal scorer. You're going for nil-nil? I'm going for nil-nil. Nil-nil, no goal scorer. Love that. Okay, game three, it's Liverpool versus West Brom on Sunday as well. Kate had this to say. <clears throat> Sadio Mane. You see, that's how you do it. <laughs> that is how you do it, ladies and gentlemen. Sadio Mane. Very brave, clearing your throat in, uh, <laughs> in this day and age. We'll, <laughs> in the comfort of our own home, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Wolves versus Tottenham on Sunday as well. I have gone for Harry Kane. Well, that's original. Well done. Uh-huh. He got me it to... <laughs> c- We're trying to win. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> You knob. All right, so uh, Leeds versus Burnley, Andy's picked Rafinha. Game two, West Ham versus Brighton, Vish has gone nil-nil. Game three, Liverpool versus West Brom, Sadio Mane was Kate's pick. And game four, Wolves versus Tottenham was uh, was my pick of Harry Kane. Make sure your selections are submitted before the first game. Further T's and C's apply. You've got to be 18 plus to enter. Do gamble responsibly. For more information on that, head over to begambleaware.org. Right, Everybody, it's now time for this. It's one of those games that's quite difficult to explain, but you'll get it as soon as you start hearing it. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for Marcus's game. You've not got your own jingle. Pathetic. That was the jingle. You're such a disappointment today. Really? (laughs) Sham of the bloke. <laughs> ah, the first of many will hear that sound after Vish has made a comment. I feel, ladies and gentlemen. Now it's uh, it is uh, it Luke's game, of course. We'll call it Marcus's game because uh, it's uh, it's me that's doing it, um, gentlemen. 
This is this is quite nice, I think, because you faced off before with me in the chair, um, uh, sitting in for, for for Luke Moore, of course, and uh, we did managers rather than players. We gave it a little bit of a, yes. a bit of a twist. And Vish, you were very worried. I listened back to it. You were very very concerned, but yet you won three two. Yeah, but I won because Andy committed Harry Keary. And you won. I know, yeah. Do you but know I, mean? I had to look at him make a mess of himself, and I didn't like that. You didn't like that. <laughs> I didn't like that. I think you, I, you did get one, I think, standalone one. But it's uh, like when your dad, at Christmas, drinks three quarters of a bottle of Malibu and uh, soils himself. It, I'm so, I used to love drinking Malibu. I'm so <laughs> glad. Malibu so good. I, am, I couldn't touch the stuff now. It's I'm too so sweet. glad I don't have a, a, a reference point for that. So um, <laughs> anyway, so we're going for managers. Now this time, gentlemen, I want you to name, I will name a manager and I want you to name the clubs that this manager has managed. But also we're going to chuck in as well that if, if, if the manager has uh, managed a national team, that counts as well. Okay. Do you see what I mean? So that yes. will go to the teams that the manager uh, has uh, managed. Um, so it's um, it, I, it's quite. No, I think it's quite fitting that that I as sort of people's champion, lineal champion, sexy champion. I'm in the chair, <laughs> you boys. But this is a good game. Vish, you, you're nodding and you're agreeing with my every word. So um, I would like you to go first, Vish. Okay. Today, see, there's uh, no protocol. I would like you to go first, not as the challenger or as whatever. This is all so unedifying, like isn't it? It's so un- it's really sad to see you like this so close to Christmas. Go uh, on, Marcus. <laughs> Vish, you're going to go first um, because you're the lower seed in my eyes. <laughs> I didn't want to be harsh, but there we are. You've, 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 you've pushed me to it. Um, he's managed <laughs> 10 clubs. Steve Bruce. Ooh, Steve... Brucey, Bruce, 10 clubs. I should say 10 teams, because, you know, a, a national team wouldn't uh, be a He was club. bloody great in charge of Cameroon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, ima- imagine how much he sweat at the Africa Cup of Nations. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I'm going to start with, Ten a, teams. with a gentleman's five. Five? I think that's a nice opening bid. Right, in that case, I'll go six. Six. Can we get higher than six, Vichy baby? I mean, I feel like I should. Come on. You have, you have, I've, I'm going to give you the moniker here, Vicious Vish. And that means you've got to play on the phone. That used to be my, generally used to be my first, that was my first email address, Vicious V187. Love that. (laughs) But you've got to be careful of Handy Andy in this arena. Uh... That was not my email address. <laughs> but it's what ra- the it Randy Andy. But it's what the local used to call you. <laughs> Come on, if, 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 can you Randy Hand Shandy Brassel? Stop stalling. <laughs> are you going to go for seven, or are you going to go Andy to do six? I'm going to give it to Hand Shandy. For okay, five. Andy, six clubs. Steve Bruce. Newcastle United. Sunderland. I'm not going to carry on the regional accents for the duration of this. Mm-hmm. Um. Aston Villa. Birmingham City. Crystal Palace. Um, One more. It's quite difficult. I'm trying to think Come on, of Andy. him. Come on. In a succession of tracksuits. Mm-hmm. Come on. Come on, you've got to say it. Sheffield Wednesday. Correct. Six clubs there from, from uh, Andy Brassel. He's Sheffield United, Huddersfield Town, Wigan Athletic, uh, Hull City. 
So it is 1 0 to Andy Brassel. He broke Vish on uh, his opening serve there. Andy, it's 1 0 to you. The next manager, you'll uh, be well aware of, uh, of, of his work. Um, it's Sir Alex Ferguson. Five teams. Five. Five teams. Five. I can I can only think of two off the top of my head. Okay, so is that your bid? Two? Yeah, it's gonna have to be two. Come on, Vish. I know you've got more than two. Well, I'll say three. Andy? Can you go for No, no, I'll, I'll let him do three. Go on then, Vicious. Aberdeen. Manchester United. And Scotland. There it is. Oh! <laughs> World Cup 86 Andy yeah. East Stirlingshire and St Mirren were the other sides right. that he managed it's one all nicely poised nicely poised alright then the next manager he's managed seven teams it's Fabio Capello seven teams mm. Fabio Capello yep. seven teams I'm going to start with four not bad not bad Andy can you do more than four Um, I should on. be able to. Go on, you be bound. <laughs> yeah, he's I'll... not even going to put a number. In. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Yeah, I'll, 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 give I'll, me whatever you I'll, want. I'll take five. Yeah. You're going to take five. Vish, can I hear six from you? Yeah, why not? I'll do six. Yes, that's oh. it. This is vintage <laughs> Luke's game or Marcus's game. <laughs> um, can you beat six? No, I'll, I'll let him do it. Go on. All right. Six teams. Fabio Capello has managed. Vish, Ooh. on you go. Lazio. A terrible start. Fucking hell. <laughs> Why did I think Lazio? Because it was Roma, is what you were thinking of. Oh, no. That's so it's dumb. That was so confident. That was so dumb. It's all right. I think Roma and Lazio are cool with being mixed up. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're, they're fine Oh, with it. bitch. They're fine you were so confident. The shoulders went back, the chest went out, and he's like, don't worry, I've got this. What you meant to say was Milan. Real Madrid, Roma, Juventus, England, Russia, and uh, Jansu Suning, you could have had at the end. Russia, Russia, Russia. I can't believe I said let's go. <laughs> it's 2-1 to Brassel. And he's on match point, and it's Brassel to serve. Andy. <laughs> Andy, Andy, Andy. Let me add a little bit of <laughs> to that. This man <laughs> has managed seven sides. It's Chris Coleman. Okay. The fingers are out, ladies and gentlemen. They definitely are. Come on, Vish. Vish, you need this, otherwise you're dead. You're dead meat. Four. Four. Good bid. I think that's the sweet spot, if I'm honest with you. Four. I mean, I've got to say five. I can't. Are you confident, though? You, you, you might not have it. You remember the, the Roy Hodgson business last time? I know, time? but I'll say, I'll say five. The you, Roy Hodgson business. Yeah, when he thought he'd managed Chelsea. You going five, are you? Yes. Okay, yep. that's bold from Vish. Right, I'm going to let him do it. Yeah. I'll be honest with you, Vish. I'm not confident that you're going to get these. No, nor am I, no. Okay, go on then. Don't five. say Lazio! Yeah, please don't say Lazio. Right, far away, Chris Coleman. Sunderland. Fulham. Wales. You're guessing two of the ones. Sociedad. Come on, stay in this. Mm, no, God, it's between. Oh no! Come on. 
Come on, fish. You can do it. Swansea? No. Andy Brassel wins. So that one coming. Oh, Coventry City. Coventry. Coventry City. You could have had AEL, let's get rid of that, AEL or Larissa <laughs> as they're known, or Hebei China Fortune. I could have done, yeah. <laughs> I could have also not had Lazio, couldn't I? I could have not said Lazio. Did you have the? Did you have four that you were confident with, Andy, then? Yeah. Who did you have? Fulham, Sociedad, Wales and Sunderland. Yeah. Yeah. But you see, you see if Vish had got the fifth, mm-hmm. I would have lodged an official protest. Yeah. Because it's incorrect to call them Sociedad. Yeah. They're real Sociedad. La, or La Real. Real. Yeah, no, very true. Yeah. Um, but uh, I would have... Uh, uh, Batted that away. Um, so it's three-one uh, to Andy. It's uh, it's it's a lead that, that cannot be pegged back. But just for for shits and gigs, uh, Vish, let's do the last one. Uh, he has uh, managed eight sides. It's Martin O'Neill. Oh dear! How many? Um, eight. Eight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Martin O'Neill, eight sides. Let me start with five. Good bid. Good bid. Andy. Oh, that's hard. I guess I'll try the six then. Ooh, up in the ante. Fish? Yeah, I mean, I've embarrassed myself enough today. You go. Go on then, Andy. Martin O'Neill. Okay. Um, Republic of Ireland. Villa. Leicester. Forest. Celtic. Oh, there's not an Irish one, isn't there? You've got five. You need a sixth. Come on, Andy. We've got tier fours to be mm-hmm. in. Corin. I'm afraid Wickham Wanderers, Norwich Wickham City. Wickham Wanderers! Mm. Oh, no! Yeah, Unbelievable. indeed. Of course, he did manage Grantham Town and uh, Shepshed Charterhouse. Are you big fans? But they're not professional sides, so they don't count. You know the rules. What's your opinion on Shepshed Charterhouse? Mm. Is, <laughs> is I've, got the, I've got the Real Sociedad Ultras on me. You'll have the <laughs> Sheepheads on you. I assume themselves. so. I, I assume so, yeah. Um, so yes well, they certainly weren't professional at the time if they suddenly moved up the ranks. Uh, so there we are. Andy wins uh, 3-2. Uh, he's beaten Vish, uh, getting revenge for that last time. So there we are. Thank you very much for listening uh, to Luke's game. And of course, that is the end of the Football Ramble preview show, sponsored by Betway. Keep an eye out for our very special Christmas present from all of us at the Ramble tomorrow. It'll arrive on the Football Ramble feed on your podcast app on Christmas Day. That's tomorrow, Vish. It is, yeah. 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 I know today is technically, the well, it is the 23rd for no, us. No, no, no. I've always given it away. I was, I've already given it away. Yeah, because of my um, tentativeness. Yeah, mm-hmm. but have a lovely Christmas listening to us. Indeed. If you don't listen to us on Christmas Eve, which is today. Have I already <laughs> mentally checked out for Christmas? Or mm. did you just say Christmas is the 25th? I don't want to spoil it by uh, <laughs> telling you that. <laughs> oh, dear me. Well, of course, uh, join myself, Kate, Pete and Andy on Monday for the first of our two Christmas specials. It's an absolute hoot. I can promise you that. There we are. Thank you very much, Andy Brassel. Hooray. Happy Christmas. Happy holidays, Ramblers. Thank you very much for choosing Hand to Raja. Yeah. Merry Christmas. And uh, thank you for being so lovely. Merry Christmas, you beauties. See you soon. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network. 